I lost my rag after about five minutes and went, fuck off. And everyone turned around and looked at me. And I was like, yes. none of you have looked at the fact that this man has literally just poked in my face because he's drunk and he wants my attention mm. for nearly five minutes now. But when I tell him to fuck off, it's like, mm. oh, mm. oh. And he was almost like offended. He was like, oh. <laughs> it speaks. <laughs> it speaks. <laughs> Welcome to Women Are Mad, where we invite women to bring their anger into everyday conversation. We're all feeling it. Let's get together to work out what to do with it. I'm Jennifer Cox. I'm Salima Saxton. And I'm Jane Green. Well, women, what's made you angry this week? I've had I've had an angry thing. I definitely um, get angry when I'm tired and I've definitely felt quite tired this week mm. so thinking my husband was going to be home much earlier to help me when we were having people over for supper and he sailed in like five minutes before and I was completely overwhelmed and lost my shit mm. anyway so that's so that's what's made me uh, well pretty, it's interesting that. actually because it, it it chimes with what's really gotten under my skin this week which is being taken for granted and I, I mean there are so many things that I'm absolutely fuming about that I can't talk about but I can say I feel it on behalf of womankind because I just think being a woman is being taken for granted and you know no matter what way you cut it it's it it comes out the same and this woman told me this week about how she was in a meeting room full of men and somebody said oh we haven't got the coffee and they all turned to her oh, no. i mean classic anyway <laughs> salima what about you um well mine is probably more directed at myself this week or all the kind of amorphous shape-shifting energy that is currently my ambition which uh oscillates really wildly at the moment between something resembling uh I don't know if you all know these people Jane a Teletubby um yes or, yes or, or kind of yes a Teletubby or or then like Tony Montana which um sorry that metaphor only works if you um are a fan of Scarface and the Teletubbies but basically my, <laughs> it's a small demographic a very small demographic that Venn diagram yeah. <laughs> um so it's that ambition post, you know, post, you know, intense mothering. Um, it's a bit like being at a party, I kind of think. I was saying this to a friend earlier where a song comes on and you think, oh, my God, I can really dance because it's the kind of music that you can really dance to. And you're like, I'm a great dancer. And then another song comes on and you can't really get the beat and you're like, oh, yeah. I can't dance. Um, <laughs> that's kind of how I feel with my ambition at the moment. So it's like, stop, start, stop, start. Am I ambitious? No, I'm not at all. Should I go to bed all day? No, I should work really hard. Do I really want this? No, I don't at all. So my anger is quite inward at the moment, Mm. Um, but I'm hoping it will shift. So that's where I am. I I think the ambition question is really interesting. And as a woman of a certain age, um, I'm... In some ways, I I still feel so driven, but I, and I also wonder whether the part of me that wants to stay in bed all day, which is very much of me at the moment, is also just connected to aging. Actually, aging and and just getting more tired and 
and menopause and I, mm. I don't know. I mean, I think as we approach kind of the midway point, our priorities definitely shift. Yes. Jane, we're not going to let you stay in bed all day. We no, we're certainly shaking we're you up. We're certainly not. <laughs> now, on that note, I'm going to introduce our, our guest, if you don't mind. So she's been one of my most favourite stand-ups for a very long time. And that's before I even found out that I'd grown up with her. More on that in a minute. Um, her name is Esther Manito. Uh, she's a British Lebanese comedian who you may well have seen on Live at the Apollo, Comedy Central, or you might have seen one of her live shows Touring all over the UK uh, this summer, starting off in Soho Theatre in London, with a very aptly named for us anyway show called Hell Hath No Fury. So I'd love you to please mm. welcome Esther Manito. Hi, hi Esther. Hi Esther. How are hi. you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I was just telling the guys that you're one of my most favourite stand-ups, but before, and I and you were before I even knew <laughs> that we had grown up together in Saffron, in Saffron Walden. That's so mental. And and also, I have to just say to the others that um, so Esther's of Lebanese descent, and my, as you know, my mom's Pakistani. And basically, my mom would always point out es, um, Esther's family <laughs> to me because. In a kind of nudging way. There was no ethnic. No. There was was no ethnic minorities. (laughs) Exactly. So my mum would always go, look, look. um, To Esther's Esther's older sisters in particular, actually, who I did Amdram with. But um, so that's how I knew Esther's younger than me. So that's how I I knew of Esther because of my mummy kind of nudging me, going, look at the brown people. So (laughs) weird. I know, growing up now, like with my kids now, you just think, God, it's so different to how right? it was when we were growing up. I know, it I like, know. It was I'm... awful. Because you're not in the middle of the countryside now, Esther. No, I'm in um, East London now. But also, you do this lovely bit that I, I was watching on YouTube um, about uh, your parents and about growing up, and it's a very funny thing about how you know, when your mother says, wait till your father gets home and, you know, your father gets home and doesn't need to know anything, doesn't need to know whether or not you actually did anything, but beats the Just shit got- out of you because your mother is telling him <laughs> to. And, and it it sort of made me laugh um, a lot because it it was very different having having children then. Um, yeah. But anyway, I can't remember why I yeah. even brought that up. But can you tell us about why your show and Hell Hath No Fury and where that comes from? It's so relevant to us. Yes, please. I know. I'm so excited that you're doing this podcast because um, it's making me angry that you're not allowed to be angry. I, it started mm-hmm. out because I kept getting in review. So I, my last show was hashtag not all men. And that was from when I put a tweet out about a guy masturbating on the tube. A really angry man mm. was like, seething that I'd put this tweet out and he wrote hashtag not all men and I was like well that's just that's just not really an argument um so I was like yeah not all men but not any women though so why do you get praise (laughs) for some of you not doing it but we don't get any praise for the fact that none of us are getting on the tube and you know some of them are managing to not masturbate on the tube let's celebrate (laughs) started thinking about it from the other side and I was like whilst it's very frustrating for women it's so patronizing to men and the more we patronize blokes and just constantly go oh they're just so amazing yeah we don't expect very much from them I know 
it's really mm, offensive low standards so i started kind of <laughs> ranting in my show hashtag not all men about this issue and then i noticed that the word angry kept popping up people go oh she's such an angry woman and she's so fiery and she's so feisty and i was like no hang on a minute it's been opinionated mm-hmm. being and do you think passionate i would say passionate no I don't get called passionate. I feel passionate. You should get called passionate. <laughs> Why are they calling Same. it angry? So listen, because... can we can we outline this? Because we normally always start off actually by saying, Esther Manito, what makes you angry? So I would love to know. Oh Esther. God, sorry, sorry. Yes, yes got that. come on. <laughs> what what makes you angry? Oh my God. Um <laughs> everything. But I feel like it's just I feel like since having kids and and the and the household, I feel like there is just this endless annoyance with the fact that I'm. It's considered my job, so this is just your job. So if you talk about it in stand up and you want to slag off your kids, you're out of order because that's your job. Like men, if a man wants to stand on stage and slag off his wife and kids, well, that's you know men being men, and you know we don't expect much of them anyway. So it's all very funny and very quirky. <laughs> Whereas in, when a woman stands up on stage and goes, oh, my fucking Christ, you know, these are the whole reasons why I really want to blow my brains out um, when I hear the sound of one of those YouTube annoying little, here's Liz, you know, those YouTube channels where they unopen toys. Oh, like, Kinder Oh, yes. Oh, God, the unboxing yes. video. The unboxing. I love that it actually has a term. Like, it's a real thing. That we and should all just watch it like. Ugh. No, and and my children, like... my children started reenacting it, and I had to that one. I was like, <laughs> what's happening in here? Oh, we're reenacting and unboxing. But if you say that, mm. then you're That's a, so dismal, then you're a bad mother. And the worst thing, the worst image to ever have is an angry mum. Mm. Oh know? gosh, but I think we're all bad mothers, aren't we? I mean, I, I, we Thanks talked before on the podcast, but, but it just, and especially when you talked about your parents and and how you grew up, and it, it just made me think about how so many of us grew up. I mean, our parents were just not involved. They weren't helicopter parents. They were holiday no. parents. I don't know. They just weren't around. They left us to our own devices, other than when they had to beat us up. Um, but <laughs> I, think- I don't know, but remember, I've got a Pakistani mother. I've got a Pakistani mother, so mine was overly, mine was very involved. Oh, was she? Oh, my parents were completely not involved. Yeah, no, but, I remember you but saying. But I wonder today, I think that there's so much anger because we're expected to do it all, and we're expected to sort of balance it with this and not lose our temper and not lose our temper and the truth is i think it's just too much i mean it's just it's mm. it's completely overwhelming i was and coming I think... home go on sorry esther i was coming home from a gig and um a guy decided he did that thing that's always really pleasant where he just sat opposite just going oi 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 <laughs> for about five minutes and i was on the phone with a friend of mine and um i lost my rag after about five minutes and went fuck off and everyone turned around and looked at me and I was like, yes. none of you have looked at the fact that this man has literally just poked in my face because he's drunk and he wants my attention for mm. nearly five minutes now. But when I tell him to fuck off, it's like, mm. oh, mm. oh. And mm. he was almost like offended. He was like, oh. <laughs> it speaks. <laughs> it speaks. <laughs> yeah. But that brings us very nicely to how how do you tend to express your anger, Esther? Oh, massively through stand up. And I used to be very apologetic for it. I used to feel offended when I got called angry. I used to feel Mm. hurt. I felt, I used to feel this flush of red 
humiliation, you know, where it churns in your gut and it creeps up your face. And, and, and I couldn't articulate why I felt what it felt that reaction. And I realized it was shame because it meant I'm not mm. girly. I'm not feminine. I'm not what a woman should be. And it took me talking to a therapist. It took me, took me kind of really going, it's okay to be yourself. Mm-hmm. That's fine. And if you want to stand on stage and you feel comfortable ranting about all the shitty little things that go on in your day, and that's what you want to do in a sphere where many other, you know, comedians have done exactly the same, but the difference is they, you know, are male, mm-hmm. then this is the path of change you've got to be on. And it may be a rough road, but it'll be better for the ones coming up behind us. But I'm and, just like... And also it's amazing for the audience because the relief that yeah. a woman feels hearing these kind of things, hearing what you talk about on stage is enormous. I think, but, yeah. But, and you will get women that relate to it, but I cannot tell you the amount of times that women will come up and go, I loved it. My husband didn't. Oh. And I'm like, I would ne- I would be so shocked if my husband ever went up to a comedian when I, I loved you, but she didn't. It'd be <laughs> like, when, why, why does anyone care about that? Like, yeah. we're too valid. but there's still that thing of like, oh, we're pandering it- to them. Yeah. We're, we're looking after them. We're taking care. They can't handle it. Oh, also, we're very I, used to the narrative. I think very used to the narrative. But also, I think people are often more comfortable when um, women are behaving like Blue Peter presenters. You know, I I definitely went through a phase in my thirties where I thought that's the way I should basically be a Blue Peter presenter. In fact, that was my secret ambition in my 20s. But like I I, I thought then that, <laughs> then that way the world would, would respond to me well if I feigned enthusiasm. Well, it probably would have. That's the depressing right. thing. <laughs> no, sure. But so recently, so, so recently that I've been brave enough to go, no, I'm not just that. I do have that aspect to me, definitely. You know, I'm not, I'm not like a T-bird. Well, you know, like the, the tea birds in Greece. You know, I'm not. I'm. I'm a nerd. Oh yeah. But I mean, I've got other. I, I didn't make that connection straight away. I, yeah, that that took me a while. Um, <laughs> Esther, do you do you think that it's do you think it's the act of writing that that processes the anger for you? Do you like if you if there's a situation that makes you angry, do you sort of come home and and start thinking about turning it into a skit? And is it that do you think that has helped, or or where's the where does the catharsis come from yeah it is but yeah exactly spot on I literally the little things that happen in your day-to-day where you just go this is ridiculous this is mm. what a ridiculous scenario like how's you know how are you supposed to just exist in this mm. and then you go home and you jot down it you know in a few bullet points and then you can talk about it on stage and see how it develops but it definitely yeah it's definitely just really cathartic just getting that stuff out on stage has there been a time that you would identify as your angriest? Uh, what do you mean? Is there one specific time? Mm. Or a period, or a period of your life. life. Yeah. <laughs> period of my life, which would be my when I was at my angriest. Um, I think when you're particularly sleep deprived, when you have children, but then you're too tired to be angry. 
Mm. You just fantasize about being, you know, hit by a car so you can have a few days in hospital. That was oh, my fantasy. Oh, yes. Or jail. Mm. I always thought a low, a kind of crime that I'd done by mistake. And then they'd, and then they'd say, And oh, they'd let you out. But yes, yeah, so or just like an open a cup of tea. prison. A nice open prison. I kind of romanticized. <laughs> and I used to, I also used to romanticize about post cesareans, how I had a catheter to my husband. And Carl used to say, Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a great time, mm. Slima. But I used to go, but I remember. That, those couple of days a kind of morphine haze yeah and never oh, having I... to get out of bed that sounds quite yeah. right. also I think oh. these days if someone brings you a cup of tea it's that's sort of equivalent exciting. to a spa isn't it yeah that's very exciting really just having luxury. a shower alone oh going, going, going for a slash in peace yeah they're like Mm. Um, so definitely I, I felt angry but I think it was more just tired exasperation but definitely I think in my in my early 20s livid but the added thing to that is that um, why that then? Was, uh, that, I think that was because that was when we were at the peak of kind of like lad ladette culture and I didn't identify Ooh. really with that in the 90s I was frustrated that that was the only feminism we were given it was like don't say feminism because that's that's a real dirty word but what you can do is you can get your tits out and identify as a ladette and then mm. that, that's really cool and, and drink like, a lot of beer drink a lot of beer and put yourself in a lot of really vulnerable situations mm. yes don't want to do that Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't want to do that that makes me angry mm -hmm. so then you got labeled as angry because you had this frustration and you you know especially when you're younger and you have the kind of energy and the and the time the social space with friends to debate and argue and clash. you have boyfriends that you clash with and all the rest of it but it just felt like I was in this constant rage of why I didn't feel that any of this particularly kind of ticked any boxes of representation of of my kind of intellectual thought space mm -hmm. so that was probably my angriest time and I remember I used to get called angry quite a lot then um by whom or by everyone it'd be by friends you know be like you know she's a very angry person I remember even lecturers would be like oh you get so angry you get so angry why what are you doing just put your hand up and kind of answer a question. Okay. <laughs> and Esther, can I ask, um, I, I always have to drag everybody back to their childhoods, but were you raised in a household where there was quite a lot of anger? I can answer that because I know her family. <laughs> <laughs> so so it, would it depend on who was listening? It's like, it's not, it's like sometimes on Instagram, I hide my story from my mother um and oh, so I and I feel yeah. like yes yeah, so I understand whether whether you might not be able to answer that um and yeah. that's okay but I do I think that those of us who grew up in in very angry households um even though we vow on our lives this was never going to be us we will never do this to our children we it, unfortunately because that's what was modeled for us that that because I also was very much defined as angry when I was young now right. Anger is just not part of my life anymore, very, very infrequently. But when I was young, it was the only it was the only way I knew to to um to portray anxiety or fear or unhappiness. The only my go-to was always anger. I think, yeah, I totally, totally relate to that. And also it's a way of getting heard. Like you have to shout and scream. If everyone else is shouting and screaming, you've got to shout and scream the loudest. But I think there's a difference between um expression and I and and rage 
like I'm not angry in my house. I don't, I'm not, we're a loud house in the term, you know, in the sense of that we're just loud people, but I wouldn't storm around the house shouting, screaming and slamming doors and kicking off. I very much use stand up as my space to do that. Well, I love that joke that you've got about your mum and dad. The the one thing they had in common was violence. (laughs) Was violence. But also your family of origin was a really politically (laughs) active um, family. Or as you know, from me remembering about your sister telling me about the Guildford Four, I remember all the, the CND don't test on animals, badges, amnesty. I think I met one of your sisters at a am- local amnesty meeting. Yeah, they were all Everyone really very, active, weren't they? Yeah, yeah it was apart really, from me. Politi- oh, yeah, you weren't there. Well, but you I mean, are now. But your, your, this is your time. But your big sisters, and your I think it was your mum, right? It was all infused with, an, with a politically active anger. Yes. It was channeled into a great way. Yes. And I kind of opted out of that. Right. And yeah, that's why because, I didn't know you though. Yeah, it was always like, you know, I was my I was kind of mocked a little bit by my sisters in that sense. It was just like, oh, Esther, she's just a bit of a kind of like slaggy chav that just wants to go and drink Chinzano down the railway. Do you remember the railway bell? Yeah, but you see, I was doing Amdram. I was with I was with your sisters in Pirates Prancing of the Penzance. I was getting I was getting felt up in the railway bell. And yeah, we, <laughs> we grew up together, but we were different as kids. Different yeah. worlds. <laughs> So I was never, re- yeah, so I wasn't, I was never kind of very, yeah, I was never hugely political. But I think the one thing that I assume... Are you now? No, but I'm very, I think about gender. I think you gender, are. Gender you roles, are yeah. Very, very strong. Uh, I would feel very opinionated about gender roles, particularly in the kind of like heteronormative domestic mm. household and how we're kind of given this pretense of equality and it just really isn't. And that's fine, but also I do feel quite strongly about how little we expect of men and how patronising we are. And I, I find that that's been really problematic as well. So that's kind of been the main features of my of my last two shows. Um, and yeah, so I guess in that sense, I've become a lot more opinionated, definitely. It's so refreshing that you're speaking up about this stuff because I think so much of it has gone underground. I think what you said about the Ladette thing is spot on that there was this kind of faux emancipation. We can be like boys. There's no difference, blah, blah. And I think that did us a massive disservice because mm-hmm. it meant okay. that we sort of, you know, you, you lose your, um, you lose your voice. It, it, there's lots yeah. of shouting, but you're not being heard. Um, and I just don't think we've really refound it, to be honest, despite, you know, everyone telling us we have. I know. We're equal now, mm. so it's fine. So mm. yeah. So shush, shush, <laughs> lady. Get back indoors. So Esther, in mo- in moments post-Fury, what do you do to become? Well, weirdly, like, do you know what, though? I used to feel such frustration when, when my kids were probably, because I started stand-up when my little boy was five months and my daughter was two so I was pretty sleep deprived and I was going pretty insane anyway but I Mm. do remember before that I would just feel these like you know when you you know your toddler's having a meltdown you've had no sleep because you've got a little baby and it's just like oh and I did have those moments of like you're going in your cot you're going in the playpen I just have to go and stand outside in the garden and you know just take a few deep breaths before I kind of lose my mind and then when I started doing stand-up I realized that I was so calm in the house and I realized it's like, you need to have a release. You need oh, to, and whatever that may be, mm. it can be mm. 
mm. you know, whether you go and do yoga, whether you go and run, whether you go and sing scream. in a band, whether you go and scream, yeah, whether you go and do kickboxing, but you can't just endure all the time just what my needs, what are my needs, what are my needs, what are my mm. needs from everyone else, and you're just juggling. And I see, you know, you, you see other people at the, at the school gates and they're just like constant to-do lists. And they'll just voice it at you as if it's a conversation. You're just like, hey, how are you doing? And they're like, yeah, well, no, I just need to go to the supermarket and then I just need to get that. And then I need to sew his badges on. And you're just like, okay, this is just, you've got to have an outlet. So I one of the things uh, um, that I remember reading years ago, and it was an interview with, with some very successful woman, and I wish I could remember who it was, but she effectively said that the, because they said to her, how can you do all of this? How can you do all of what you do? And she said, my day I make sure that my day is punctuated with periods of peacefulness so whatever it is that I have going on I carve out time for myself where I get to just be and it's mm. just me and I think so often we forget to do that and I know that the the days when I lose my shit are the days when I have not done that always and, and yeah. I think that can be something as silly as like literally scrolling manically through Instagram for three minutes or like eating a biscuit around. Staring the out of a window. Yeah, it doesn't have to it. be something big, does it? It can just be something tiny in using that advice. I, I think it can be something tiny. And I think the key is it needs to be you need to be by yourself and it needs right. whatever it is that you're doing. And I, I do often think about that kind of doom scrolling on Instagram because mm -hmm. that's I, not a good one, is it? it? Yeah. Well, I think I think what that is is disassociative Oops. or dissociative. Yeah. I think that for it me, is, for me is. anyway, because I literally it's, go it's sort of. <laughs> oh no, me too. I do it but then you just look at everyone else, horrible. just going, "Well, everyone else has just got look brilliant lives, so yeah. I'm just a piece of shit." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. No, yeah, don't, no, sorry, that's don't terrible that. advice from me. It's because I came <laughs> off it for so long and then I came back and I'm like, this is the new me. I can deal with this totally brilliantly and I still oh can't really gosh, deal with it at all. Sends you loopy. Maybe it sends you loopy and then yeah. they send you all the adverts and I get sent some very weird adverts, but then I start scrolling through those videos and before you know it, I've bought oh, 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 it's my like, shower. I, yeah. Yeah, Jane, don't you buy things from Instagram? I mean, I don't, but oh, I'm the worst. The time. Yeah. And they also know... They know that I am Spies the unofficial they, I'm the unofficial caftan queen of Connecticut. Oh yes, I and remember. And so caftans yeah. pop up on my feet every bloody day, and sometimes no. I just have—I've sort of bought them without even realizing that I've oh, done it. No. And, but I try and catch myself now. Like once it's—I put it in the cart, and then I think I'm not going to buy it. I'm just going to leave it there, and I'm going to think about it. And generally, that whatever that. Uh, the, you know that urge I addiction think I it's addiction I want the dopamine release yeah. of buying I just find and, it an unusual then... place it's an unusual place I feel like it's buying something from like a really old like an old little well, old lady's this is, house there. I know but this is how the world has changed that everybody's got their own business doing like fashion jewelry whatever and the way they sell is through Instagram ads so oh, yeah. well on that, note, on that note I love that yours is caftans <laughs> Yeah. What's your, what do you buy, Esther? I kind of pick up on what you talk about and stuff. So, so I seem to constantly have endless shitty gadgets for the house. So it, they oh. must just listen to me ranting or like talking about, oh, I wish this was better or whatever. And She'll I'm feel better if she gets a magic mix. <laughs> yeah, she just needs a good electric cleaner for a grouter. Grouter? <laughs> Grouting. Grouter. Whatever. That's like a, Any of it. It, yeah, is, it, is, word for it is amazing how grouting. we... <laughs> We really have, as a, as 
you know, a society, we have no privacy anymore at all. Mm-hmm. There's just none. Surveilled. I mean, we're just everything is being listened to, and mm-hmm. just just that thing where you can bring up, like you just said, Magimix. I it would not, I would not be surprised if the next time I look at my phone, there's an ad for a Magimix on. You there. know that if you talk about suicide, the Samaritans calls you. What? Yes. Really? On Instagram. And on that have- note, we really are. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Esther, so much for joining nice us. Meeting you. Thank you for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. We're Thanks coming for- to your show. I'm going to make oh Jane God. fly over. But yes, well, I'm, I'm over for a bit in June, so yeah. hopefully I'll, I can come and see it. Um, we tend to focus on what's making us angry and all the kind of the 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 hardships of being us in the world today but what are the good things what makes you happy um i like just i like running in the forest that's my thing that i've done now for about a year Lovely. and i do it obsessively and i go a bit antsy if i can't just suddenly get because there is nothing better than just running do you it's feel safe it. as a woman running in a forest do you know what i didn't really think about it until a lot of other women went we would never run down here when I was like going come on we'll go on this trail and they're like I hope you don't do this by yourself and I just then one day I got lost and it was like snowy grey weather and I was just like battered um so that's how I relax just to do that sounds really relaxing (laughs) slash Grimm's fairy tale I might just buy you like a heated blanket or something instead and set you up in my spare room (laughs) keep us safe like a mum I feel I feel much better you did that is your home life that you're literally running away from serial killers in the woods what (laughs) (laughs) that's more fun uh thank you so much esther yeah it's been a real pleasure thank you esther by the way do you know that that's apparently an english thing well my husband says nobody here does it he says whenever i talk to friends or family in england mm. by the time like when when the call is over or when i've decided it's over i go bye bye like the voice oh, yes. up, up, up. Yes. Because but because we're all so constricted and we're not able to actually go like Americans. I have they to They just go hang up, don't they? And we're just no like, end. Oh god, I've got to tell them, I've got to tell them, I've got to go. It's the it's over, but how do I say it? <laughs> yes, yeah, the British Reserve. Mm-hmm.